Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Eurogamer Newscast. It's 2023. Happy New Year. Uh, We're back again to talk about everything related to gaming news. And in this episode, look ahead to what the next 12 months of video games has to offer. Joining me as always, it's the Eurogamer News team. You've got Ed Nightingale. Happy New Year. Victoria Kennedy. Happy New Year. Liv. And a Happy New Year. (laughs) You don't all have to say Happy New Year, but Happy New Year. Uh, I'm Tom Phillips. I could not wish people Happy New Year after you did. So then I felt bad. So I was just going to go hi. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back, and 2023 has already kicked off, and video games are on the horizon at last. There was so many that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Some that we had expected to come out last year, but have been delayed for various reasons. And 2023 has some real bangers on the horizon to look forward to. And as well as video games themselves, video game adaptations, video game events, there's plenty going on this year. And we are going to talk about some of our most anticipated things. Uh, Ed, starting with you, what is your most anticipated gaming thing coming up in 2023 that you want to tell people about? Um, Well, I've got three. They're not necessarily in an order. Um... But pick, I will. Pick which one of the three you're most excited about? Oh wow! Well, I'll I'll begin with the most predictable, which is Final Fantasy 16, uh... um, because I do enjoy wittering on about this game uh, <laughs> and my uh, excitement for it. Um, this is the first mainline Final Fantasy game, obviously since 15, uh, which was seven years ago, and that game was not massively well received. And I feel like a lot has happened at Square Enix since then in terms of them selling off half the company and and sort of pushing Final Fantasy games specifically. 14 has done amazingly well for them. Everything else hasn't done as well. Um, so they're in a bit of an interesting position. And I think that 16 is going to be... Um, there's, a, there's a lot riding on the shoulders of this game, I think, um, for Square Enix, but also for Sony. Um, I think for Square Enix, in terms of you know this being the next big single-player game, it's bringing the series back, hopefully, to glory. Um, they seem to be really balancing old and new. So it's got a medieval setting. Um, it seems very Game of Thrones-inspired, um, with a very cute dog, which is always a bonus. Um, and that seems to be appeal- appealing to older fans of sort of nine... Uh, and sort of one to three and tactics and those more medieval Final Fantasy games. But then it's got action combat from the designer of Devil May Cry, um, which is bringing in a newer, younger audience. So they're very much balancing these two sides and trying to create a game that will appeal to everyone. Um, And also it is being produced by Yoshi P, um, Naki Yoshida, um, who is well known for basically bringing 14 to success, um, which is Square Enix's most successful title. 
So there's a lot riding on his shoulders as well to prove that he can not only do that game, but can do a standalone single player game. There's going to be a lot of influence of that, which will be exciting to see. And it's also a big PS5 exclusive. It's one of the big, biggest exclusives for for Sony for the year um, outside of their own stuff. Um, so I think that they uh, that they Sony are really going to be pushing this uh, and pushing this as one of their big releases um, to really show what the PS5 can do. Um, there's talk of a PC version, but that will be down the line, I'm sure, um, <laughs> after six months. Um, so for now, PS5 is is the only way to play this game, and I think that they are really going to push that and and use this to show off the console. So I think this is a really big milestone for the series and for this game in particular. Um, and I'm very excited to see how that's going to turn out. But on top of that, I think even just Final Fantasy in general, um, there's a lot to look forward to this year. There's that game. There's the, I think, 10th anniversary of Final Fantasy XIV, um, its original release. So there's definitely going to be some big celebrations for fourteen fans. Um, there's Fiat Rhythm, which is a, a music rhythm game that celebrates the whole series. There's potentially the next part of Seven Remake. Um, which name I've forgotten now off the top of my head. Um, Rebirth? Rebirth. I think it's Rebirth. Um, Why are you asking us? Well, (laughs) I'm talking to myself, to be honest. Um, You're supposed to know. You're the expert. I I can't remember. That's coming out this winter, which could potentially bleed into next January, February. So it might not be this year. Um, But there's a chance that we might see more of that at the very least. Um, So there's a lot of fun and fancy stuff to happen this year. So as a fan, there's a lot to look forward to. Okay. I love that you mentioned the dog. <laughs> Very important to give the Torgal. dog a shout out. Yeah. What's his he, name? Torgal. Torgal? Yeah. Which Not some Colin. people have, have sort of interpreted as maybe being related to Thor and it being a sort of Viking reference. Um, and he is part of your team. So he is not playable, but you can order the dog around in battle. Has there been another dog in Final Fantasy since? I know Renoa in 8 had Angelo. Yes. And that was like one of her moves. Yeah. Is that, has there been dogs? There have been. I think there have. Yes. Um, but th- this is one they, they are pushing to you know the forefront, I think. I think for me, it just looks like a classic Final Fantasy game. It doesn't have flying cards in. Um, it looks like the Final Fantasy games of old, but on the PlayStation 5, and it will be the first Final Fantasy for PlayStation 5 that really lets them loose on that console's graphics in uh, in a way that, you know, they're not remaking anything. They are doing uh, an original title and making it look as pretty as, as they can. And I think, yeah, as you were saying, bringing a lot of fans back to the franchise that have maybe sort of stepped away over over time. I think they're, Speaking they're of trying graphics. to make Final Fantasy sexy, both metaphorically and literally, because there is sex scenes in there. You don't, oh. you don't find flying cars sexy? <laughs> well, they Men in be. trench coats and black shades looking like they're walking oh, yeah. out of the Matrix. That, yeah, absolutely. Um, but... but then, so this is the thing I was going to ask, with because gra- like, they said that this one's going to be a little bit more graphic, like blood and gore and mm. things. and like It's the is first that, mature we... Final Fantasy. I was going to say, is that a good thing for the series? Isn't like you think i mean i'm sure there'll be people younger than 18 that are like oh i can't wait to play it because it's got sex and violence um but i think for me as as i mentioned there's a big game of thrones influence in that it seems like it's aiming for that medieval fantasy sort of gritty realism there's blood there's sex it's realistic (laughs) 
it feels like it's aiming towards that kind of vibe. Um, which, yeah, hopefully will show that they are showing a more mature storyline in in the truest meaning of mature. Um, not just what people think of mature because it's dark and gritty. Um, but I think it hopefully will be a, a decent story um, with well-written characters. And, you know, it's it, it's going to be fantastical. It's got massive, iconic summons battling each other and magic and Moogles and Chocobo. Um but it feels like it's a little bit more grounded um, rather than the flying cars and sci-fi of more recent games. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that direction. I hadn't actually realised it had been so long since the last one. Mm. It's been a while. Yeah, Victoria, what are you most looking forward to in the world of video games this year? I have quite a lot, so I'm going to try and condense it and be as concise as I can. Pick Going one. Not, what necessar- are you most not necessarily in any... <laughs> okay, well, coming for the most imminent thing, there's obviously The Last of Us coming, and I'm very, as in the TV adaptation, and I'm very excited about that because I'm a big, big, big Last of Us fan. And, you know, from everything that I've seen and read so far, I'm still excited, which I think is good when you're thinking about an adaptation of a video game. I still think it's going to be great. So there is that, and that's obviously the first thing because that's coming, what, on Monday? Monday morning at 2 a.m. So everyone else who's going at 2 a.m., I see you. I'll be with you. <laughs> It's going to be good. I just I just think it looks like they've done a really good job from what I've seen so far. Uh, I think Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey look so suited to the roles, and I'm just I'm very excited for that. It's a massive deal, isn't it? You know, video games get uh, a mixed reputation when it comes to adaptations, and, and people who uh, are into high-budget stuff, you know, maybe a video game thing for them, they could take it or leave it, but it does seem like... This does look like the... Reviews, it's very well done. Was it, it? It does, from what I have like heard from people who have seen it so far, it does sound like they are treading a line between, you know, appealing to the gamers who want to see it because it's a franchise they love, but also appealing to people who want to have that prestige TV experience. So it, it does seem, again, I've not seen anything um, myself, but it does seem like they are getting the balance there to appeal to the masses rather than trying to go for a niche core. Yeah, Do you think um, it helps as well? Um, I was going to say, do you you think it helps as well? Obviously, it's a Naughty Dog game. There's a lot of story in there. It's a bit different from an adaptation of, say, Street Fighter. I think that definitely does help because for me, the reason I love these Naughty Dog games is the story. And like, I know, and I should say, this is just me. I don't know how they're adapting it. But for me, the fact that there are zombies and the infected in this world of The Last of Us is kind of an element to the game but it's not why I play the game the game I play is for the development of those characters and the relationship between Ellie and Joel and their story so for me I feel that it it, it should translate well to a adaptation because it is about a very real emotion that you're feeling rather than you know doing 30 somersaults across the room to roundhouse kick some fantastical creature it's that there is a very like it's it's very grounded in reality even with the zombie element if that makes any sense yeah i'm excited for people like my parents and people who watch big tv shows but maybe don't play video games to experience this and maybe have a better understanding of where video games are now and and that actually video games can tell good stories because there have been so many Mm. bad adaptations that it just has this (laughs) i think the industry has a bad reputation for for storytelling and actually there are great stories that can be told and can be successfully adapted to other mediums. Um, so I'm really mm-hmm. excited to hear from people who haven't played the game 
to see what they think about it and to see if they resonate with the story just like just like gamers have yeah i think like obviously i'm aware i'm going to be watching it as someone who has played the games and knows the stories inside out and back to front but i'm very interested to hear about those people who have no experience of what the last of us is and how they react to the story as someone who does know the stories inside out how do you feel about some of the changes uh so like increased focus on some of the characters in terms of their backstories and then a bit of a change to how the uh, infection works for me i still think that this is going to be good for a tv adaptation there are some things that work in a game that i don't think would translate well to a screen um as far as the infection spreading i am going to reserve judgment on that for now because for me i was quite surprised when i heard that it was going to be these tendrils that are going to be so so i gather from what has been said the tendrils if you hit one it can almost send like messages down the network so it can alert clickers etc down the line that you're around mm. and i i don't know if that will maybe i, I don't know I, I, for me, playing the games, I always was quite aware when I was playing those areas where it was spores and you had the gas mask on and it felt very claustrophobic and it felt very dangerous and it felt very tense. And I don't know if that is something that maybe would be lost when there is the fact that you don't have that claustrophobia, but then I don't know how they presented it in the show. So We shall see. But as far as characters go, I love that they are giving more backstory to characters that were mentioned in games, but maybe not as developed. Like I think that's going to be a really... And I think the fact that they do have Neil Druckmann involved in it does, you know, it's it's not like they're completely rewriting things without Naughty Dog kind of saying like, yeah, this is maybe what we thought about for this character, but we didn't have the budget or the time or the scope to develop it maybe in the games. And now this is our chance to tell a story that we would want to tell, but couldn't. I think that definitely adds some so, authenticity to to the TV show for fans of the of the game. Like, that, you know, this isn't just someone's taken the license and run with it. This is Naughty Dog are actively involved in this. Mm. yeah so i'm very excited about that but that's just one of many things for 2023 so i feel 2023 is gonna be a very good year for for me and the gaming industry generally i've got high hopes me too all right we'll hear more from you in a bit Liv. <laughs> what are you most excited for this year i <coughs> think i think i'm gonna say yakuza edition because mm. We've got the acquisition and then we've got um, <coughs> eight at some point down the line after that, as well as the little spin-off uh, for Kiryu. Um, and yeah, Ishin is just it's something that people have been waiting for for a very long time. Um, people, I think, I think it's nice to see that they, you know, um, the studio has realised that people in the West do have an interest in kind of the historical setting and stuff. Um, so it'll be finally it'll be good to finally play that. And then I want to do like a whole marathon of all of the games <laughs> to oh, prepare wow. myself until eight. Are you gonna play them in How long will that take? That's however long it needs to take. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, good answer. What is the best order for playing them in? I mean probably just zero. And then want to just go through them like chronologically in terms of the story. So zero is definitely like the best place to start. Hmm. I appreciate when games actually do that rather than saying you should start at like 17 and work your way back through three, seven, six, two. It's very confusing. 
See, the other the other series that I've been wanting to do like a huge playthrough of is Kingdom Hearts. But Ooh. it's like, where do you even begin? <laughs> the numbering for those games is sort of Final oh, Fantasy yeah. 2.75 part five and a half. Recite yeah. pi to three decimal places and there's just nice. no good place to start with though. So how does how does Ishin fit in with the rest of the series? Ishin is a little spin-off, so it's not technically um, a part of like the mainline story, like you know, from the modern games. Well, well, from the games that are set in the modern days, um, it's set in like the eighteen sixties ish, um, and it's based on like real figures from Japanese history. Um, but it's just that the characters of like Kiryu and Majima are, tra- are transported back into them but that they play like the actual historical characters so it's kind it's quite fun because you get to see like the characters of the people um that like you kind of know like everyone knows Majima is like the weird kind of crazy whoa guy um but now they're like these same characters with their personalities but they're back in like sort of feudal Japan oh I didn't realize that was how it was translating so that's an element that you think will work well oh yeah yeah. i for sure because i think it it takes it definitely retains like a lot of the personalities of how how they are like sort of in kind of the like recent games recent as in recent as in like certain modern day (laughs) (laughs) but for someone coming into yakuza um the the newly renamed franchise uh, in general would you still say start with zero for sure for sure zero it's it's good it gives you the grounding and the backstory of the two main characters of the series um and it also is a lot more polished in terms of the gameplay and how it feels than perhaps mm. than perhaps like three and four and five would be so you mentioned eight as well, which, as I understand correctly, is sticking with the turn-based combat of seven. So, with yes. that versus Ishin, is that kind of splitting the series into like action and role playing? Um, well, I think the role playing was always going to be a thing from seven onwards, and they decide, you know, it's they liked it and they want to carry on trying it and i think the action is more going to be with the judgments spin offs uh, okay. yeah yeah will there still be karaoke in <laughs> in all of them i hope so in all of them what's the karaoke <laughs> what in is... japan <laughs> That's sure. it. there is there is karaoke mini yeah. games there is, is a karaoke mini game yes there has to be <laughs> Good. What is a yakuza? Because when game? I think yakuza, I think karaoke. Without karaoke, <laughs> that is exactly. in my mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, Ed. Let's move on. No, wait. No, we haven't got yours. Oh. Yeah. I mean, just because you're host doesn't mean you, can't <laughs> you need three chip as well. in. <laughs> yeah. I do have three. Uh, I'm shocked that no one has said Zelda yet, but I'll leave that for one of you guys um, because I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> We're all and... expecting each other to say it. That's the problem. Yeah, I know we're all being too polite. We're very British. <laughs> Tom, seeing as you are wearing the sweater, 
No, I'll, I'll lean back and show. Oh yeah, I will leave it for I'll leave it for one of uh, you. But uh, yeah, I did want to shout out Pikmin Four as my. And to be honest, I think I am probably looking forward to it more than Zelda. Like, I know Zelda will be great, um, and I'll let you talk about why. But for me, Pikmin Four is just uh, a very personal choice because it's a game franchise that doesn't get a huge amount of love, and it's something that I genuinely did, wasn't sure if it would ever still come out. Um, we've known for a long time that Nintendo wanted to do more Pikmin. And I think maybe there just wasn't, the, it wasn't the right time to do it on Wii U. Uh, so Pikmin 3 was the Wii U version and that got re-released quite recently on Nintendo Switch. And then there was a very long hiatus after that came out. There was sort of a suggestion that it might launch at one point for the Wii U. And then I think development got rebooted and we've you know how many years are we now into nintendo switch's lifespan sort of five six and oh, the 2017 it came out yeah there's there's been so little mention of pikmin um and then we got the pikmin 90 game I was like, oh nintendo remembered what pikmin is that's very nice and then last year we got the announcement and i was just generally genuinely over the moon i mean you can see my pikmin uh <laughs> toys <laughs> for me um yeah, I uh, I love this franchise for so many reasons. It has a lot of happy memories for me um, playing one and two on the GameCube, but also I'm really curious to see where it goes next. There's I see so much potential in the series. It's just not been one of Nintendo's most popular franchises. And because of that, new entries have come along very infrequently. The first game now, if you go back to it, is very basic. It's... it's uh, offering where you basically have to escape a planet in under 28 in-game days or you have a bad time and uh <laughs> that was that was it you know there really wasn't much more to it and pikmin 2 came along and added a bunch of really really good stuff and for me that's my personal favorite of the series still it uh messed around with the time limited nature so it kept it when you're on the overworld but let you spend as long as you want in the dungeons it introduced some cool new different types of pikmin um and uh power-ups and like a treasure collecting mechanic and to be honest you could play that game really for as long as you wanted uh you could completely scour the entire planet for resources and it would take forever and and i had a lot of fun times doing that pikmin 3 came out and they sort of picked a bit of a middle ground between those two and which i i mean i was happy to play more pikmin but i think that sometimes it, it felt a bit too complicated they had this mechanic where you had three people to control instead of the two. And that felt sometimes a lot more like work than play or one of them just was left there. And you, I'm not sure that three was the best uh, idea for this game. So I'm really curious to see what they are doing with four. And I think the reason that I've been speaking so much about one, two and three is because we know nothing about Pikmin four. Uh, and that's probably why I'm so excited about it because there's so much potential and, so much to find what out about it. What do you hope it. then, given that there has been such a huge hiatus, what do you hope when Pikmin 4 finally comes out, what would be like your ideal from like all the things you've mentioned with like Pikmin 2 and things? Well, Pikmin 2, 2, uh, if you do some maths, uh, equals 4. And I think that a, a, just a, a sequel <laughs> to that um, where you are allowed to spend uh, a lot of time immersed in the world gathering treasures, uh, growing your Pikmin army, uncovering underground areas and secrets and, and stuff 
I I would love something similar to that, and I think that uh, I think that that would fit the series really well. You know, I don't I don't want an open world Pikmin game, um, but an a, an area which is larger than we've seen before, uh, with lots of dungeons and secrets and 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 new Pikmin types. Yeah, I mean, every game so far has introduced two more. So I'm curious to see which what we're going to get with Pikmin 4. We've got red, blue, yellow, purple, white, rock, and flying. And I'm trying to think now off the top of my head what others they could do. Bring the Bulbin back from Pikmin 2. Or, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking some more crazy things. Pikmin ghosts. Get, after, after they die, they come back as ghost Pikmin. And they can do funny things. And it's a really blank canvas, and I'm just really curious to see what happens. And we don't know when it's out this year. We know it's coming out at some point in 2023. We haven't had um, more of a narrow window than that. Nintendo certainly hasn't, you know, they've not been releasing anything for it other than that trailer. It was more of a teaser we got at the end of last year. We had this guy showing a T-shirt. Is that literally the last we've seen of it? Uh, I don't know if that... By that guy, you mean Shigeru Miyamoto. But wow. I do. He, I, I have a cold. I'm very tired. He, yeah, he pops up the at the end of last year. The guy with you knew exactly who I meant. Uh, the guy who announced Pikmin 4, yeah. He uh, popped up at the end of last year, towards the end of last year, when they did the big Nintendo Direct. And we saw a little bit of in-game footage. It looked a lot like Pikmin 3. And, uh, and yeah, we got confirmation just that red, blue, yellow Pikmin were back. Shock. And that was it, really. So very, very much looking forward to them starting to show more of that. Hopefully sooner not, rather than later. Did they not say there's a new perspective that's closer to the ground? I think they might have said that that was an option, yeah. Right. Yeah. The, um, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see them bring back some of the controls from the first games as well. The motion controls were interesting. But uh, the GameCube, I mean, all things with a GameCube controller are seemingly best. And um, you used to be able to just maneuver your little Pikmin army around with the yellow C-stick. Bring that back. I like that. <laughs> anyway, Ed, are you going to do it? Are you going to talk about Zelda? Not yet. <laughs> um, we might have time for just one more from each person so someone's got to do Zelda in this next round Victoria can oh no um, I can't I can't I Live will can. <laughs> I will group a few games together into um, indie retro style RPGs um, there's been a bit of a trend recently for um, for for indie companies to sort of create new role-playing and adventure games, but sort of very much inspired by old ones. I played a game recently called Chained Echoes, um, which is very much inspired by Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger and the old like SNES RPGs. Um, and there are some new games coming out in a similar kind of style. So um, there's one called Sea of Stars, which is the developer behind The Messenger, which was that ninja platformer that came out a few years ago. Um, and they are now creating this new Sea of Stars game as a sort of love letter to Chrono Trigger, and it's got Chrono Trigger's composer in it as well, making some of the music, so that's a nice little callback. Um, there's a game called Demon School, which is kind of personary, um, but it mixes like Italian horror with 70s music and anime, 
um it does and look looks cool. really really cool um yeah. there's um the plucky squire um which is mixing that sort of old school top down kind of retro zelda type vibe but then also bringing in the new 3d elements when you're outside of the outside the page um i think that looks really exciting um just lots of games like that that i think um are really appealing to my i guess youth of playing older jrpgs um and uh i think look really exciting and then sort of updating that retro style but bringing it into a, a new era um so i'm excited to play those 2023 the, the updated retro indie year mm. maybe inspired by tunic yes no. oh also min of the hollower as well which is made by a yacht club oh, that made um, shovel knight yeah and it's a kind of top-down Zelda meets Castlevania, but in a Game Boy style. So it's, it looks like Link's Awakening that looks with a little mouse, great, yeah. um, which looks really fun as well. So yeah, just lots of retro, retro style games. I really thought that you'd talk about Silk Song, but there we go. That's not if fair. it comes out this year, <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Victoria, I am gonna steal from Ed and also bundle some together. Uh, because I'm very excited because there are two franchises or two genres or whatever from my youth that are coming back uh, as games and that's Moomin. So there's Melody of Moon Valley with Snufkin and Tintin. Tintin Reporter Cigars of the Pharaoh and I love I still love Moomins and I still love Tintin and I read Moomin and Tintins to my kids and I just I'm so excited that these two games are going to be coming this year. So those games are very high on my 2023 list of things i'm very excited about i love the visuals of, and, this, of the uh, moomin game i was gonna say it's like a storybook like it looks like the art style looks so so beautiful and i just i like without sounding like such a mum but it just looks delightful and i just i'm so excited by that one and these are games that i will hopefully be playing with my children uh, i had a lot of fun last year playing things like kirby with my kids and i went through mario odyssey which i know was in a new release with my son and Return to Monkey Island last year with my kids. And so those two games I've already earmarked for some good family time with my two little ones. Nice. They both look and great. Yeah. They both look really, really good. I know that I say it looks really, really good. We've not seen much of Tintin uh, yet. And uh, neither of these have a firm release date. They just both have a sort of general 2023 release. So, you know, there is still time for things to slip, but I'm hopeful i'm hopeful I'm, I'm hoping for the best for tintin uh the studio yeah. behind it is the one that did the recent 13 re-release so well, they're um, already the publisher well mm, so because i i was conscious that. of that but but yes yeah i'm hoping for the best and moomins certainly yeah. looks beautiful yeah it just looks so beautiful and i also quite like the fact that we're playing a snufkin mm. with his pipe and his harmonica he, he's the real and badass of moomins <laughs> I think that's who everyone wanted to be growing up. That's who yeah, I wanted to be growing it's up. Like a Just this vagabond, cool, mysterious guy coming back every so often to catch up with your friends and then leaving. Yeah, hangs out in yeah. a tent. Yeah, we should all be more snufkin. Liv, on that note. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if we've only got time for one more, then I am also going to do a sneaky bundling because I would have said Resident Evil Four. But then I'm mm. I'm I'm conscious of the fact that I've just chosen remakes, <laughs> so I'm going to bundle mine and say indies. There are so many indies coming out that this year I've I've played demos for or I've seen, and I'm just very excited to try all of them. There's a whole bunch. Like I think that 
I don't know, I guess maybe just, you know, last year was so quiet in terms of, you know, big AAA releases that maybe I just had more time to kind of focus on the indie scene. Um, Which are you most looking forward to? Oh, I think I will say there's this fishing one called Dredge. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's sort of Cthulhu kind of based. Um, so you basically like have a fishing boat and you go out and fish during the day. And then when it gets to nighttime, it starts to get a bit, you know, creepy and stuff. And you can unearth kind of artifacts and everything is not quite what it seems. It's very atmospheric. Sounds cracking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, no, it's, it's very it's very atmospheric. And I really liked the demo when I played it um, I mean, a couple of months ago-ish. So I'm very... What did you play the demo on? Is that on Steam? Or it was on Steam. I'm, I'm not sure if the demo is still available. Oh. Awesome. Was... That sounds really good, actually. Mm. I like that. Yeah, but I mean, there's a ton of different ones. There's like, I think... Um, Wild Frost, which is like a card roguelike um, we talked about great. before on the site. Yeah, uh, there's also another one that I remember playing called Rhythm Sprout, which is a funky little um, rhythm game. But the music in that's great, um, so I'm really looking forward to when that comes out as well. You've just reminded me of another one on, that's meant to be coming out this year. That was a Steam demo I played last year called Foolish Mortals. Oh, there's so much, so much to be excited about. What's cool about Foolish Mortals? Oh, uh, well, um, okay. It's it's kind of got like a sort of, it's it's very heavily inspired by the Monkey Island series, and I love Monkey Island. Um, uh. So I played the demo last year. I read a little bit about it, but it's just got that, it, you know, it's like you are a newcomer on this exotic island. It's a point-and-click adventure, but it's got a slightly darker uh, undertone to it than the Monkey Island games. So it's much more, I wouldn't say it's gritty, but it's got like a lot of dark humor and it's talking about like, so there was a bit that I played and you were at the grave and you're talking to the gravekeeper and he talks about how he's not like a mourning person as in like M-O-U-R-N. <laughs> and so it's, it's got that slightly, it's still got a lot of humor, but it's a slightly darker humor. That's just one example. I'm not going to give too much away because it was, but it's good. Is that going to be uh, one? And it had like, one what? Is that, is that going to be one for the kids or not? No, no, this is for me. This is for me. It's got like, like, um, so like, you know, it, I, I don't know if you guys do know, in Monkey Island, they've got like the, the voodoo lady that you speak to. There's also voodoo in this game and things like that as well, but a slightly darker twist on it. So, yeah. Well, uh, I will do a little roundup too, because there's lots that I, I am looking forward to. Resident Evil 4, Liv, you mentioned, uh, I, I sometimes I forget it's coming out this year and uh, I can't wait. It's my favorite resident evil game of all time and i love the fact that they're not being too beholden to the original i still love and will happily replay the original uh, i don't need a shot for shot remake i think those things are often um less exciting in the end when it when it comes around uh if the original game is still accessible which it is um you might as well just play that so yeah really interested to see what the new take on that is I'm really excited for E3. Um, it's the first big proper E3 in years and they are a lot of fun. Uh, they're hard work, but they are great fun. And I think the in the industry needs a big summer moment to get excited and show cool stuff. 
and get other people excited. Um, I'm excited so we'll to see. see what new stuff gets announced at that E3, just because I think for all of the big publishers, we know a handful of games, but there's a lot that we don't know. Um, you know, Sony have talked about all these live service games that they're working on. And aside from yeah. VR2, Final Fantasy, and I guess Spider-Man, probably the end of the year, I don't know what else Sony are working on. Microsoft have got Starfield and Redfall and Forza, but not much else. So hopefully they've got some good stuff on the on, on the way. Nintendo, again, after Zelda, who knows what they're doing. Um Pikmin. Yeah, so I'm 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 excited to know what's coming next because I feel like we've got to a point now where <coughs> new consoles have come out. Or I mean, Switch is old, but these newer consoles have comes out, and there's been so many cross-gen games that I feel like we're now in a period of okay, well, what's happening on the new consoles? What's coming next? And I don't think we know too much about that. So I am hopeful that we'll see some exciting new projects at E3. I hope we see more of Indiana Jones at E3, but I don't think we will. Mm. No, that does seem a little bit far off. We'll see um, Starfield. I'm so excited. We'll see Starfield. I'm sure. Uh, I I I don't think that Starfield's going to be out by the time E3 comes around. So I I think it will be there, and I think we'll, it will be out soon afterwards. But yeah, and I know lots of people are excited for that. Uh, Skyrim in space. Goodness, it's been so long since Bethesda are, uh, branched out with a new franchise. And I've never, I've never been a massive fan of Bethesda games, but I'm, I'm really hoping that this one does draw me in. Um, whenever that comes out, we should talk about Zelda. Let's wrap up by so talking about say, Tears of the Kingdom. Collectively say Tears of the Kingdom. I think all of our third points was going to be that. Uh, yeah, I mean, goodness, talk about it's been a while. It's been a long. It's been seven years since uh, Breath of the Wild. One of gosh, it came out on the Wii U as well as the Switch. Like that's. Technically, Crazy yes. This is, this yeah. is the longest between Zelda games. Uh, maybe mainline. I'm, I'm not sure. I need. But, to but we had like Cadence of Hyrule and things since. But I know that's not a mainline game. And obviously, then we had the re-release of Skyward Sword on the Switch. It's been a long time. Um, and I, I think it may end up being one of the last big Switch games as well. But we'll, we'll have to see about that. It's. I mean, everyone's looking forward to it. It's got. The gameplay, but improved from Breath of the Wild. Uh, the setting, but improved because it's got Hyrule, but other stuff that's going on. No one knows what's going on with the story, and there are loads of cool theories. It reminds me of if if Nintendo can come in with Tears of the Kingdom and just say, "Look, everything that was great about Breath of the Wild, we've improved." It will remind me of what they did with Mario Galaxy, which was one, which was probably the perfect Mario 3D platformer, and then they just built on that for the second. And everyone was like, oh, this isn't quite as revolutionary, but they've really improved things. And I'm happy with that for Tears of the Kingdom. You know, maybe it won't be the next generational leap in Zelda gameplay that Breath of the Wild was from what came before. But if they can bring the Breath of the Wild quality level there and build on it, so it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, everything that you unlocked and know and, and all of the cool systems and stuff that you learn from Breath of the Wild, that's our starting point. And then we're just going to give you extra. I mean, that for me will be perfect. I recently played Breath of the Wild again, and I just did a very quick playthrough of basically just the Divine Beast in the end, just to sort of remind myself of the core of the story, um, which got me really excited to just have a new version, I suppose similar, but newish version of Hyrule to explore. Um, 
and it was just a nice reminder because I hadn't played it in four or five years since it came out. So it was a nice reminder of uh, of what we're all looking forward to. Um, mm-hmm. Should we just quickly go around and say like, what's the one thing that you hope to have in that game? Okay. For me, it's dungeons. I I like the the shrines, but I want full on individual elemental temple dungeons in like hidden away in Hyrule. That's my one thing I desperately want. Even a water dungeon. I quite like the water (laughs) temple. Throwing it out there. Wait, are we still? Are we talking ocarina? Goodness gracious! Victoria, (laughs) what about you? There are many, many, many things I would like to have. Okay, I'm going to mention two. I'm going to be cheeky. I would like to have Zelda as a playable Zelda. I'd also possibly quite like her to be Queen Zelda because, let's face it, she is now the reigning monarch. So I would like to see her actually like fully embrace this place as like a leader, and I'd like playable Zelda. And there are th- I, I've got theories of how that could maybe work. And I think you know if we have Zelda who was very much a scholar in Breath of the Wild, and she had the knowledge, I would like to sort of maybe see like puzzle based things with her. I think that'd be very very cool. Um, so I don't know if maybe there'll be some kind of like potentially. This is me now, like, just wishing. So, Nintendo, if you're listening and you can, like, maybe fit this in, please. Um, when we saw her, obviously, fall into the cavern in the first tease of her... Um, I keep saying Breath of the Wild too. I know it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I wonder if there'll maybe be, like, some kind of split gameplay where sometimes you're playing as her and you have to puzzle your way back up to the surface, maybe? I think that'd be very cool. So, I'd like playable Zelda, and I'd also like her to be a queen. Uh, and then the second thing I really want, which I missed in Breath of the Wild, is I'd like to have more musical instruments because I know we had Cass playing music, but I love like you know an Ocarina of Time where you played for like teleportation, and then in Majora's Mask it had like you know the Song of Healing, etc., etc. Um, and then obviously there was Wind, uh, not Wind Waker. Oh, Wind Waker did have the baton. Um, what's the one thing about where they're on Koholand Island, Link's Awakening. Awakening, where it was actually like you collected instruments. So I'd like to see some kind of musical instrument element brought back into this game. Agree. How about you, Liv? I will say, well, okay. Add for yours, would you also want to see the return of kind of um, items that are like dungeon specific, like, you know, a hook shot? or a fire rod or things like that or kind of dungeons that that need those items or give you those items to progress um i feel like it loses a bit of that iconic zelda-ness without that you know i breath of wild doesn't have the hook shot for instance which is a classic zelda item equally i like that there are with the structure of breath of the wild it's very improvisational and you can approach things in different ways and you're not forced to just use that one item so i'm a bit in between on that which doesn't answer your question um (laughs) i think it would be great if more of those classic items came back but i would like for them to maintain the the variety of approaches that they have in breath of the wild yeah that's fair yeah Um, that'd be interesting to see if they can strike that balance um, then i think i will go I, i don't want to see weapon slash shield durability <laughs> controversial sorry hot take hot take i know i respect I... I respect the fact you went there yeah but but you know what the one of the things i really really hated in breath of the wild was that they they give you this cool mechanic of shield surfing but if you shield surf you break your shield like the durability you always got to be picking up more mm. shields get another one 
But but what if I have my nice shiny, you know, um, like the the surf on a pot lid. No, this I is the thing. No. You got It's how you approach the game. No, I can't be bothered to change my shield just to get a rusty old rubbish piece of shit out to just slide down on. No, <laughs> just let me slide on my cool shields. Maybe there'll be a bit of both, where there are durable, uh, breakable weapons, and you will be able to upgrade or eventually get stuff that stays. Upgrading a weapon but still having durability would be good. So if there's one you like, you mm. can upgrade it so it at least lasts longer. No. <laughs> what about a transmog system? Uh, uh, I can't, no. can't see Nintendo doing that. <laughs> Tom, what's your one thing? I think for me, more story. I want to hear more about the world and what's going on and I, I i i liked breath of the wild having those cutscenes that you could go and rewatch. i thought that was quite cool but uh this the sort of that they were all full um backwards looking and i would like to see more sort of story evolve over the course of the game um i want to see bits of hyrule being torn out of the ground because things happen i want to see zelda fighting alongside me and us getting up to cool stuff and uh yeah more um a more, a more like interaction between characters i think uh then would you want link to talk no i don't need link to talk no good okay glad we're all on the same page for that <laughs> unless he just starts making whole sentences and like shit yeah that's all you need <laughs> ah! oh yes agree yeah <laughs> What an excellent point. I love your insight. Amazing. Uh, all right. We're all looking forward to Breath of the Wild. It's out in May. So... Tears of the Kingdom. Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. With unbreakable pot lids and possibly a playable Zelda. We will see. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Um, uh, we're, we will be back next week to talk about more video gaming news. Until then, where can people find you on Twitter, Ed? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights. Uh, Victoria. I am Lil Chop Shop Gal. And Liv. I am at Just Cast Holy. And I'm at Tom Phillips EG. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.